What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore. We are doing the podcast at a shared universe podcast, podcast studio in Eatontown, New Jersey, and we are now up on the fifth floor. Third floor is now closed. Got to get in the elevator, take a longer ride up, and all the way to the top of the building. Uh, bigger studios, a lot more stuff going on here. I just wanted to throw a shout out for a shared universe because they are dope, and this is how I make my podcast happen. If it wasn't for them, I don't even think I would be doing it. Um, it's fun. So if you're in the New Jersey area and you want to do a podcast, definitely come down and check it out. And before we get to the podcast, which is with Mike Bledsoe today, uh, Mike Bledsoe is a, uh, the strong coach guy, and uh, he shares everything about um, strong coach, how we got into it and everything. Uh, you're going to love it. Uh, make sure that you check out the podcast sponsors, which are Adex, Mace, Mace Fit, and Vintage Strength Training slash Vintage Strength Games. Use the discount code SMN19 to make your purchase at Adex Mace for any clubs, maces, um, shirts, anything like that. Uh, Mace Fit is programming. So get your Adex Mace, get your Mace Fit programming. Go to Mace Fit and uh, macefit.com and you could get a, a certification in, in, in that particular type of training. Vintage Strength Training is another one. It's sort of connected but not, but, but it is, uh, Val Polkowski, who's been on the podcast several times already. Uh, she's in charge of vintage strength training. And then from that came the vintage strength games, which is getting bigger and bigger every time they run the contest. Also one last shout out to Ongo energy spray been there since the beginning. Three squirts in your mouth gives you 75 milligrams of caffeine that works in about three minutes Ditch the coffee, ditch the pre-workout, grab yourself some Ongo Energy Spray, use the discount code SteelMaceNation25 to get 25% off. We're going to get to the podcast now with Mike Bledsoe, and uh, please write a review for this podcast when you get done. It's um, very greatly appreciated uh, anywhere you can, on iTunes, on Spotify, or Sound SoundCloud, or on YouTube. And uh, make sure you click subscribe and follow. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Take care. So, uh, but yeah, so where do you live now, Mike? Uh, I'm nomadic. Okay. So I just, uh, you know, I, uh, I have an address in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, I go there about once a year and, and just uh, kind of bounce around. I, I like to spend most of my time in uh, Colombia and uh, Medellin. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Is that where you are right now? No, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, okay. So. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think uh, you just finished something up there for Strong Coach, right? You were in the, in the Colorado area? I was in, too? I was in uh, Columbus, Ohio for the Arnold Sports Festival. Uh, we sponsored the event, and then it got canceled the week of. Yeah. Uh, we made the best of it, and now we're... You know, I was on my way uh, to San Diego, and I was like, well, I'm going to stop off in Boulder because uh, one of my buddies runs a company here called True Coach, and I just wanted to see what they were up to. Yeah. So crashed their office for a day. Oh, that's interesting. True Coach. Is that mm -hmm. similar to a strong coach thing, or completely different? Completely different. It's a software. It's, so it's okay. a software for coaches to get uh, 
their programming and communications with their athletes. Oh, wow. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, but we're, we're, uh, definitely going to talk about strong coach today. I I wanted Mm -hmm. to, uh, have you on the podcast because thank you for coming on, by the way. Um, Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, I I wanted to have you on because uh, first of all, since I started the podcast in June of 2019, I've had on like three of your strong coaches, Ben Walker, Mm. Serena, Elizabeth, and, uh, Leo Savage. And, um, and then, you know, of course I, I listened to your podcast, the Bledsoe show, which is really good. I, I love that show that you do. It's, um, good interviews, great work, by the way. Um, and then, uh, of course you talk about strong coach and then you, and then there's the strong coach podcast, which is specifically about strong coach, which is very informative. And, um, and then I remember hearing you say something. I don't know if where, where your numbers are at now, but you have like over a hundred strong coaches out there now, right? Maybe more. Yeah. Over the last, uh, last number I saw was we had over 130. Okay. Wow. So rapidly um, growing. Yeah. How do you keep yeah. up? I don't, I, I don't, uh, Good. <laughs> I have a, I have a whole team. Yeah. So, uh, I'm heavily supported. We have uh, nine people on the team. I have three full-time coaches, uh, that are supporting people that are going through the program at any time. I have a dozen people on a mastermind, which me, uh, it, these are people who finish a 90 day program and continue to, to get support, to build their business. These are usually people who want to go from six figures to seven figures okay. and they get direct support from me and a few other people on my team. So it's a full team support to help them build their business. Uh, but, uh, people who are going through the nine day program, we have three full-time coaches that are there to support them. Um, it's a, it's a super high support system. And then I just have a few other people that basically work on, I have one tech guy, uh, who's managing all my tech, uh, on the back end to make sure things don't break and everything runs smoothly. And then I have a couple of people who, who focus on marketing and, uh, it's a, it's a nice little team and, you know, we, we can run, uh, you know, we're not even near capacity. We could we could double our uh, how many clients we're serving, and we'd still we we would still be enjoying ourselves. Yeah, Th- and that's important, right? You want to you don't want to like cram yourselves, otherwise that kind of disrupts your your flow and your creative abilities, right? Yeah, yeah. Space is important. It's it's critical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I believe it was episode one sixty six of the Bledsoe show where you guys, uh, it was you, Ben Walker, and I'm sorry, I cannot remember the other guy that was there. But you Dave guys- Rios, probably. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I just want everybody listening to this podcast to go check out that episode if you're interested in the Strong Coach, because you guys pretty much try to answer, well, what is Strong Coach? So, yeah. you, so you did a good job in that podcast to do that. So yeah, everybody should go listen to that either after this podcast or shut this one off and go listen to that one first and then come back to this one. Um, and then we could, you know, we could go a little bit beyond that and get behind a little more of the story behind you here. And um, sure. f- uh, first question right out of the gate is like, w- what were you doing before the strong coach? And then what led you to start strong coach? Um, yeah. So that's a great question. Um, <laughs> Cause it is, it's, it's unusual. Oh, um, so I, I, I do want to just preface with I have uh, been in the coaching business for over 12 years, started with a gym, 
went online, um, uh, mostly athlete coaching until about 20, mid 2014, 2015. And then I started doing a lot of business coaching for uh, fitness entrepreneurs. And I was coaching everybody from, you know, supplement companies to software companies to coaches and gym owners and all this stuff. And I hit that pretty hard until about 2017. And even uh, we had a software company that we were uh, working with and we were uh, developing marketing automation systems for gyms. And anyways, it, it was cool. You know, I was, we had over a thousand athletes in our training programs. We had over 275 gym owners uh, in our system for uh, like helping them do their marketing. And then I had about a dozen people in a mastermind. And near the end of 2017, I, uh, you know, I, I had some things go south in business and I basically, uh, basically walked away from all of it. So I, it wore me out. I was burning uh, the candle at both ends. It was, I mean, you hear me talk about it. You go, wow, that was a lot of stuff you were doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't believe it's a lot of stuff to be doing, but it was a lot of stuff for me to be doing the way I was doing it. Right. So um, I, and I was, I was being very aggressive. I, I approached business like I approached training. Right. It was just like, all right, I'm going to, more is better and you know uh i'll 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 recover just enough so i could you know not die and all that kind of stuff and so the same thing was happening in business so i took a break and i i got to a point where i go i don't even know if i want to ceo a company again i don't know if i want to be a business owner maybe i'll go work for somebody else maybe i'll go live in the jungle and uh so i told my business partners and i said i'm done um and they, they were like, no, 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 you got to stay. And I was like, no, I'm done. And uh, so I start traveling the world. So I sell all my worldly possessions except for my plants, uh, which I let friends take care of. And uh, my buddy challenged me. He said, when you travel, he's a minimalist. When you travel, see if you can do it without a storage unit. And I go, okay. So I asked friends to take care of my plants and my artwork. And these are two things that, you know, they're, they're, I'm not giving that up. And, uh, and then I got everything else down to two bags and I started traveling the world and I was traveling for six months and I hop in a float tank and I had no plans. I was committed to the year of 2018. I'm not building anything. I'm not working. I'm fucking off. That's all I'm doing. And so, uh, I hop in a float tank and this is around end of May, maybe beginning of June in Austin, Texas. And in the float tank, in, in the first five minutes, uh, Strong Coach comes in. I go, well, that's a cool name. <laughs> and then I go, all right, whatever. I have good ideas all the time. So then, uh, but the rest of the float was basically the instruction manual on how, you know, what I should do to launch the business. And there was the whole time it was, I was being convinced that I was being shown. I don't know if convinced is the right word. I was being shown that my true love is for coaches. And when I was running my business, I had, I was so previously, I was so busy managing business partners and, and relationships with other companies. And then I was also, I was also coaching, you know, people that own supplement companies and software companies and all this stuff. And I go, you know what? I don't care about any of that. 
the people who I kept in contact with after I left the business and everything, they're coaches. Yeah. The people I love working with the most are coaches. And so I'm going, wow, I, I walked out of the float tank, just chills running up my back and feeling extremely inspired. And this was, uh, I say a Wednesday. Um, so the next day I sat down with some friends, discussed it, hashed it out. And then on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I built out a website and, uh, which by the way, I, because I had a, I had a large team, I hadn't gotten my hands dirty. I hadn't built a website or written an email in years. And there I am. I'm like, all right, I'm getting my hands dirty. This feels good. I love this. Um, spending no money. Um, I'm doing it all myself. And, uh, and that Monday I posted up a Bledsoe show and I said, Hey, I'm starting this thing called a strong coach. This is the problem I see in the industry. And I'd been traveling around and I'd been exposed to trainers. I was in gyms. I was watching how things were going. I go, this is all the problems I see in the industry, in the coaching industry right now. If you want, and I know I can help. So if you want in, jump into the strong coach, right? Uh, I, I want you to go to the strongcoach.com, fill out the application. I had over a hundred applicants that first week. And I go, oh, I'm only taking six people. So I ended up sorting through the applications, getting on the phone with 20, 30 of them, um, and then taking uh, six people through an uh, eight-week program, which is now a 12-week program because there's just way too much in there uh, to fit in eight weeks. It's debatably too much for 12 weeks. And uh, so that that's pretty much how it got started. What I love about uh, – that process is I was talking about getting my hands dirty is I had to get my hands dirty in that process and had to build everything on my own so that I could really feel the experience of the coaches that were coming in because they don't have money to hire, you know, tech and right. marketers and all that stuff. And I go, I got, I put myself through the strong coach process. And it's funny because my coaches, they always remind me of that. They're like, Oh, cause the, it's a process. It's a, and you could, you could put a business through this 90 day process every 90 days and it would continue to improve. And that's basically what we do inside of our own company. And the coaches, they always get a chuckle out of it. Like, Oh my gosh, you created this process. It just keeps making everything better. Like, yeah, it's cool. Wow. Yeah. So is that basically what you guys do is every 90 days you just roll through it again, but is it different every time you do it? I keep improving it. So okay. the, yeah, the joke is we keep doing the program, but uh, I'm not sitting there going, you know, week one, we're doing this week two, we're doing that. But it's obvious to everyone in the company that um, as as I'm learning how to grow the strong coach, I'm then just turning around and teaching it to the students. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm going back and I'm refining the curriculum. So I'm, I'm constantly making the curriculum better and better. So if someone went through the program a year ago, it's not the same curriculum. It's got everything it had a year ago and then some things. Plus, I, I refine it. So I'll make it sharper. I'll shorten things up that don't right. need as much explanation. And then I give them more examples and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So anyone who's been through the program, I still give them access to, uh, you know, if they went through a year ago, they can go back and take the course now. Yeah, right. That's good. And I like that, you, you know, you mentioned – how you got your hands dirty because that also gives you more ownership, right? You're, you don't feel like you're kind of distanced from it where you're just saying, Hey, do this, make that you're actually in it. So now 
you yeah. have m- more more um, ownership and more accountability, really, right? You feel more yeah, accountable to it. I can feel it. it now. Yeah. Well, I know exactly what's happening. I know every single piece at a granular level. Um, I've outsourced a lot of this to people who are better than me at it. Uh-huh. So, but I took it to where I could take it, and uh, I used to I used to run business from analysis only. But now I can feel it mm. and getting my hands dirty allows me to feel what's happening in the business, not just analysis through data. So, yeah, uh, being able to do both is great. That's really cool. That's that that's a, a unique perspective to be able to have as you're you're growing a business. Now, you yeah. mentioned you love working with coaches. What is it about coaches that you love working with them so much? <sighs> I don't think anyone gets into coaching to be rich. Uh, And uh, I think that there's a certain coaches tend to be highly empathetic. um, And uh, that's true for myself as well. And what I notice is uh, I'm really like coaching me. A lot of times, you know, okay. I'm going back and coaching my old self and mentoring who I used to be. Um, and I have gotten so deep into the coaching world that like I have an emotional resilience uh, training that's six days long in the mountains. Right. And it's highly transformational. And people come out the other side. And I know that I can take any person through our processes, no matter what. Uh, what their job is or who they are. And they're going to go back out in the world and be a positive force in the world. And so instead of me trying to pump a lot of people through my programs uh, as clients, I would much rather just train the coaches to do it themselves. So I see, uh, so I, I have a lot of empathy for the coaches for one. And the other thing is, is I've, I've been asking myself for years and years and years, how do I make the biggest impact? And and really, it comes down to how do I how do I spread more love? And, you know, the antithesis to love would be, you know, fear. Uh, and what what we end up with is most people approach most people who everyone is experiencing fear all the time. And so one of the biggest uh, one of the, the biggest industries that addresses fear is the fitness industry. And. Yeah. If you look at the fitness industry as a whole, you can walk by, go to the grocery store, walk by the magazines. It's all telling you that you're not good enough. Right. So uh, look at the advertising. Look at all this. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fucked up. So um, I'm looking at it and I go, uh, you know, if we people are coming to coaches, they're coming to personal trainers, they're going to the gym because they hate their body. And they, they're, I'm not good enough. And so, uh, this is really a psychological issue. This is really a psycho emotional issue. This is a self love issue. This is a self acceptance issue. And, uh, we can only accept others and love others as much as we love ourselves. And that sounds very cliche, but mm-hmm. I've gotten deep with this and I go, Oh, that's what that really means. Oh, that's what that really means. And that is, I know that when we all have more of that acceptance of self, there's more peace in the world. And uh, it's just better. It's, it's sad to see people hurt. Yeah. So 
people don't go to a psychologist to address uh, self-love issues or acceptance issues or whatever, they go hire a personal trainer or they go into a gym to beat their body into submission because I hate it. And maybe one day it'll be good enough and then I'll be happy. And so uh, I believe that the coach is uniquely positioned in the world, in the Western world, to uh, help people be the best version of themselves. And where people tend to focus is on the physical body. And I, I'm a big fan of training the physical body. I am. It is, it is important and it is the foundation. And I want to train the, the, the physical body. I want to train the mental body. I want to train the emotional body. I want to train the spiritual body. All these things, when they come together, life becomes easy. Yeah. Being healthy becomes easy. Uh, Things are enjoyable. And everything from family to physical health to business can be easy and fun. Yeah. And I, I, I like something that you just said here. And if I could just pick this out and uh, put a spotlight on it, because this is good, useful information for a coach who's listening right now. You, if you have somebody come to you and, they're, and they're, they want training, they're overweight, they're, they're weak, whatever, but they have this uh, negative self-image – if you as a coach, like you're saying, can help them uh, change their mind frame, their mindset, their perspective on themselves, even if it's well before they see any of the pounds come off, if you could just get that person to start saying stuff like, hey, I really like who I am. I really like that. I, I'm exercising. They're not focusing on the weight so much, but they're focusing more on how they feel inside themselves that's a a huge win right there. And that's really the biggest barrier after that, the weight is going to start coming off because now they're on a whole other plane, right? They're, they're operating on a different level. Yeah. The, uh, what's interesting is, is there usually clients are coming in with, I don't like my body. So I have to dominate it. I have to like change it. Right. And so what they end up doing is punishing in a lot of ways, but, when you're coming from a place of, oh, I love this body. This is my vehicle. This is my sanctuary. This is my temple. When someone really goes, oh, this is all I have, and I get to take care of it, they automatic they they they'll start eating well. People know they're not supposed to eat the donut at three p.m. Yeah, you know, at the at the office, but they do it anyway. But the person who loves their body, they don't eat that donut. Uh, they don't they don't drink six beers on Friday night, you know. They may have one or two and then chill the fuck out. Right. Um, so uh, I don't uh, – when I started lo- really loving and accepting my body and taking care of it as a temple, I stopped hitting, you know, five rep maxes on my back squat three days a, a week. You know, I right. backed it up. I started taking care of it so- myself. I started doing more mace training. Yeah. I started doing things that felt good for the long term because I go, oh, I care about me. I care about this body. And if I really want to go far and all of a sudden, all my behaviors around training and food and rest started shifting. And it wasn't because I had new information. I had the information before. It was because I was actually able to apply it because I actually cared about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, a matter of just shifting your perspective. Yeah. And taking, like you said, what you already know and then using it wisely. So we're talking about like your, your, the, the self-limiting beliefs and everything that 
you, you are frequently mentioning in your mm-hmm. podcast, right? What are, what are some of the most common, well, you already covered one, uh, but what are some of the most common self-limiting beliefs or ideas that you see coming through as people enter into your strong coach program? Oh man. Um, that, um, if I charge more money, I'll be greedy. Um, that, um, if I, that, that marketing, uh, let's see, if I, if I do marketing, then, uh, people, I can't be authentic. Um, a lot of stuff around money, you know, like what did you learn from your parents? It's like, uh, you may have even heard comments from your parents that might've been like money doesn't grow on trees. Right. Right. And that's a common one. I grew up with that one. And, but it's little things like that, little, little beliefs that get in there that start creating uh, an experience for the person that money is scarce. So we could, we could, uh, I could, I could list off 20 different phrases that someone might have running through their head about money. But at the, at the, the, the base of this is that there's only so much money to go around. And the truth is, is that's not true at all. Money, go into a grocery store and watch how many people are spending money. Just go to the shopping mall. How many people love spending money, right? They, uh, I, I love spending money. I can't seem to keep it in my bank account. And, uh, the, uh, it's flowing all around us. You go to the store. It's like, okay, I'm coming in to get this food, but then, uh, some of that money is going to the person working the cash register. And some of that money is going to the utility company to keep the lights on. And that money is going to pay someone who, who, uh, is owns the building that's renting it out. And then they're paying taxes to the government and they're taking care of, you know, the community that is managing all this. And if you start looking at that, it's like money is flowing all around us all the time. And there's trillions of it. Um, and it's, it's just a really fascinating concept that people start thinking there's a limited amount of it. And that I think a lot of times people go, Oh, if I, what's coming with coaches, if I, um, if it's, if it feels expensive to me, then it must be expensive to them. But most, most personal trainers, they lack empathy. So they're, they're really self-centered. So a self-centered coach believes that uh, what they're charging is a lot of money and, and it's not valuable. But an empathetic coach that's not self-centered can see that the person who makes $200,000 a year and wants this result, the only way that they're going to feel committed to this process is if they've got skin in the game and they want to spend that money. And so, uh, like for me, I won't go to a business conference that's under $2,000. I I won't work with a coach that's charging less than $2,500 a month. Like I just won't do it because I I know I won't, I I won't uh, invest. I need that. I need to invest that for me to feel like I have skin in the game. Yeah. And I want to be surrounded by people who also have skin in the game. If I go to a conference, it's a $500 conference get me out of there. Yeah. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of beginners. I don't want to be in that conference. I want to be there with the guys that have been, all right, we've been doing business for a decade. Let's have a real conversation with the pros, with the pros. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like you got to figure out who you want to work with. So it really is a lack of empathy because if you get stuck on how much money you're charging, it's an inability to see outside of yourself and you're making it about you. And so, 
a lot of people like uh uh so like a lot of times people trade out the belief of like um i'm not worth you know 150 dollars an hour and i i don't like doing hourly rates for coaching i think i, I like doing monthly but um you know i'm i'm worth that i'm like all right and then they go okay well now i'm worth 250 i'm like man you ain't worth anything <laughs> That, like drop the belief that how much you charge has anything to do with, with what your you're worth. worth. Right. Yeah. What you charge and what your your worth is two separate things. You're a human being. It's invaluable. Yeah. Prices. You are worthy. And you only have the moment you're sitting in right now. So you better be making the most of it. And if you can say that five minutes of my time is worth a certain amount of money, that's crazy. Be working in your passion. Be be doing work you'd be doing for free and uh, charge the amount of money that you want to make. And also, if people are paying that money, then they're getting value out of it. So charge the value that they're going to get out of it. If someone's making if someone makes a quarter million a year and they're spending $10,000 with you a year, that's valuable to them. Yeah. That's all that matters is that they value it. Yeah. And so I, what I love about coaching is you can charge whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to find a client that wants to pay that. But I have, I know people that are, you know, charging 15 bucks an hour for training somewhere. Um, And then I have a friend who lives in Hollywood, who's training the stars and the dude has like eight clients and lives in this really dope house in the Hollywood Hills. And these people are not doing anything. The, 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 The service they're offering is different. The, the guy in Hollywood, he knows how to keep his mouth shut. And that's why that's why these stars hire him. Yes. Right. Around telling people he does that. Right. Yeah. Right. He, yeah. He's not using that to prop himself up and try to get more business or something. Keeps it quiet. Mm-hmm. And then therefore they yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah I, and, I, and they, and they refer each other. You, he's right. got a nice little niche. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So start with your one client and, and give them give them the value and everything. Charge them what you want to charge them. And uh yeah. And build from there. I have um, a quick little funny story. I have a friend of mine who came to me for for personal training in his home gym, and I said, "I'll give you the the friends and family discount rate, thirty dollars an hour. That's what I charged them." Right. And um, after about three months, he was talking a lot, goofing around a lot. He wasn't taking it seriously. And I looked at him and I said, "You know what? I'm going to start charging you more." He's like, "Why?" Yeah. I said, "Because." It doesn't hurt you. This doesn't hurt you. Like the thirty dollars that I'm that you're spending is nothing to you, and you could care less if if uh, you 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 could throw it out the window right now and go smoke a cigar rather than work out with me. So uh, yeah, I upped them up. I I threw another twenty five bucks on. I said, and we're gonna go higher until it starts to hurt. So you better start sh- showing me some blood, sweat, and tears here. And he started to come yeah. around a little bit. And now yeah. he's training a little bit harder. And now he's trying to get me to drop the price again. It's like, no, nah, no, nah. <laughs> I, got, yeah. I yeah. got you. I got you. Well, I had a, I had uh, someone approach me years ago and I was not in, you know, I'm not a, I, I don't like to do just straight life coaching. It's not really, I, I like to, I like to be a little more, you know, we're going in a specific direction, Right. but this girl was like, I want to hire you as my life coach. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, all right. Um, and she wouldn't leave me alone. So I go, okay, well, and I, I, uh, quoted her price and she goes, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then two weeks go by and she keeps, she's like, can we work something out? And I go, what can you afford? 
what's your budget? And she tells me, and I added uh, like 15% to that. And we go, that's the price. And, and she went away for a week and then came back and made it work. And yeah. so what I really cared about as the coach was stretching her. I want to stretch her just enough to uh, get her there. So it, me making the money, I, I was making plenty of money in my business. That's why I, I didn't want to do it. I, I like her. She, I knew she was going to be a good client and I did want to do it, but I, I didn't, I wanted, I wanted to make sure that she really wanted it. And yeah. so that was a, that was a, a really good lesson for everybody. Uh, another, another, the most, I, I think one of the most common ones that come from people in the fitness industry, as far as self-limiting beliefs is, uh, uh, hard work will pay off. And, uh, and it's one of those things where there's so much focus on hard work that uh, that they forget to work smart. Yeah. And if you're so busy working hard, taking time away and uh, and thinking strategically and really thinking about what's the best technology, how can we build efficiencies, what's the most effective way we could would do this working hard gets in the way so much. And a lot of that stems, that's a, it's a blue collar mentality. A lot, a lot of the self-limiting beliefs we have to overcome as coaches is blue collar stuff. Um, you know, I, I come from construction. My dad owned a construction company. Yeah. Um, I was in the military. Yeah. Uh, I was very blue collar. Um, and uh, the majority of coaches that come through, they are too. Fitness attracts that person. And, uh, there, I grew up, you know, oh, you're not getting the result you want work harder, you're not getting the result you want work harder. And then by the way, like, I remember a day I was riding in the truck with my dad and we drove by and there's a homeless guy out there holding a sign and he calls him lazy. And he says it in a way that is like, like that guy sucks. Right. You know, don't be like that. And so I go, okay, on one side, I've got being lazy. On the other side, I got work hard. There's no such thing in the middle. You're either one or the other yeah. and I'm going to be the work hard. Cause that's how I, that's how I'm, people will love me if I work hard. Right. Right. I'll, I'll feel valuable. I'll love me if I work hard. And so what ends up happening is I work my ass off believing one day, if I work hard enough, I'll get the result. It's bullshit. Uh, everybody's working hard. How many people in the fitness industry are busting their ass and they burn out and oh, they're yeah. not making money and they don't take the vacation. Their family's not getting their time, but they're working hard. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, influencers out there on social media talking about, you just go to work harder. Yeah. Just full of shit. And I'm not saying that there isn't times to work hard. You should definitely, it, I hit that gear. You know, I had my summit last year and there's three weeks of like 12, 14 hour days of me prepping for it. I worked hard, but I didn't, I didn't work hard, you know, the entire year. And so really breaking through that mentality of w working hard is going to get you the result. It's not, it's not it. Working hard is like 20%. You, it's good to have a gear, but it's like mental toughness. If you had a mental toughness training day in the gym every day, what would happen? You'd break. You wouldn't get the results over yeah. time. You'd break down. Right. You want a mental, you want a mental toughness training day, like once a week maybe twice a week if you're really competitive and, and maybe that's where you need more work. 
spot. People who, I mean, you see in CrossFit. I mean, how many broken CrossFitters you see? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it's because it's because they have a, a mental toughness training day every day, you know, four or five days a week for a year, and then all of a sudden the wheels come off and they can't figure out why. Yeah, right. It's well, like yeah, Navy, the Navy Seals. One gear. Right. Yeah. You got You got to be able to back off a little bit, unless mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say the Navy Seals because their their whole the whole point of buds and Navy Seals is to break you. Yeah. But that's like a daily grind for a limited amount of time, though. It's not going to be for the rest of your life. Right. You don't you don't keep doing buds after buds. <laughs> no. Yeah. As a seal. Right. No, you get some rest. Right. They build you up. They, yeah. You get time. Yeah. So um, let's talk about expectations for a second with um, dealing with people. Like you mentioned how you were influenced by things that your father said. That's expectations right there, right? Um, there's your own expectations, and then there's other people's expectations. And then there's our little pivot point where it's like, wh- which matters most? Does my expectations of myself matter? Or how about the people around me? How about my boss? How about my partners? How about the people I collaborate with? Where do you find... The, the middle ground with all this because I, I tend to feel like you do need to meet other people's expectations at least some of the time because otherwise maybe you're not reaching higher ground. Sometimes you got to be accountable to something else, right? I love that. Um, meeting other expectations should only be done if there's agreement. So I am never, I don't give a shit about meeting anyone else's expectations. Uh, if we never had a conversation about it, if someone expects me to behave a certain way or to do a certain thing, but I never agreed to do it, I don't give a fuck. Um, and it disappoints people, but it also conditions them. So if you're somebody who's always meeting somebody else's expectations and the majority of your life is other people's goals and what they want you to do, the moment you stop doing that, it's going to be jarring for them. It's going to be jarring for you. It's going to be jarring for the relationship. And so that's why a lot of people who they may hear this and they go, well, that doesn't work. It's like, well, well you've been living a life of meeting other people's expectations. Uh, they have cast you in the role and they're, they got a movie running and you fulfill this role and you are that character. And the moment you stop being that character, what happens? They get upset with you. They're mad. You're, you've changed. You're yeah. not who I thought you were. Right. And right. so, uh, I think it's really important as a community to uh, to uh, have agreement on expectations and goals. And a lot of what you were saying, when you were saying expectations, I was thinking goals. I was translating that for myself. And uh, uh, so the, the expectations and the goals that we set for ourselves uh, is usually too low. Yeah. Or, or sometimes it's way too much of a fantasy, especially for people who are younger. Right. It's like, you're going to do what? Uh, you do realize that if you're going to do that, you got to do all this. And they're like, huh? And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't even know what it takes to get there. Right. And so um, it's great to have uh, 99% of people walking out there, the goals they have are actually not their goals. They're probably their mom or dad's goals. Uh and uh, or someone who has had a lot of influence on them at a young age and they may not be 
currently telling them that, but it was, a, it was some type of expectation that was set for them when they were really young. And so they just have that phrase running around their head. That's causing to create the life they have. Right. And so, um, as a coach, so it's, so I, what I've seen is it's a big journey. It was a big journey for me is to really differentiate what is, what's the difference between, uh, the goals and expectations of others and what are the goals and expectations of self and the majority of my ego we could just call the ego the mind is made up of a lot of words and all those words and phrases and thoughts were inherited that you didn't yeah. create any of that right. so it was something you heard a mom dad teacher grandparent cousin somebody said that word and now you adopted it, inherited it and it went in it went into the bucket and your soul speaks or your heart speaks in feeling and you, you know, you, when your heart speaking and your soul speak, you feel drawn. It's like, Oh, like I can't stop myself from doing this thing. And there's no thinking. And to explain it, it would be difficult. Uh, and so this, this process of differentiating between what is, what was, what did I inherit? That's not mine. And what is truly my my soul's calling my the what i the standard i'm going to hold myself to right and and um i think everyone if they're going to be truly successful happy fulfilled they need to go through this process of differentiation and then after you get really solid in self now you can start playing the game and that is that's the dance and that the dance is between me and the universe, you know, what is it that I feel called to do? And then what is the universe asking of me? And uh, sometimes I get, you know, the universe lets me lead a little bit, but most of the time universe is leading this dance. And so I'm just kind of there and I'm letting it flow and I'm, and I'm having that. And so uh, as a, as a coach, you gotta, we're working with people that are different levels of development. Yeah. And so a lot of people, 99% of the population have not done the work to separate themselves from their parents. So they're, they've, they're not an adult, like an adult, I would, I would qualify someone as an adult who is someone who can parent themselves. So if you're saying stuff to yourself that you wouldn't tell a five-year-old, you're not an adult yet. Come on, you pussy, just get under the bar. You wouldn't tell a five-year-old that you're not a good parent. You're not parenting yourself well. So an adult understands that their emotions are like a child and we have to parent ourselves. So once someone can parent themselves, now in my, in my view, you're, you're now an adult. And so um, most people who come to me as clients are not adults yet. And so what I know is they're going to place me in the role of parent. Yeah. Right. So they can't parent themselves. So here I come. I'm here to be their parent. And that's cool. Um, they need to do that. Like that. I had to have a parent. I had to hire someone who's a coach that ended up being my parent that taught me how to parent myself. And so uh, we as coaches, people come to us, they want us to be their parent. You know, they want us to teach them good movement. They want us to teach them how to eat well and all this kind of stuff. But what they really want is someone to give them permission. They want somebody to, uh, to talk to us in a way that, that emotionally we want to be talked to. Yeah. And so, uh, 
as a good parent, we're going to paint a vision of the future uh, for that athlete, for that client, for that child that they can't see for themselves. And so we are going to create expectations, but I'm going to get, it, it would be, um, it would be wrong of me to create expectations and hold someone to expectations in which we didn't get agreement. Some would call that violence, you know, not physical violence, but violence is, it would be, you know, doing harm. Right. And so uh, what I'm going to do is, as a coach, so we're going to get agreement and I'm going to really check in with this person. This is what they really want. And people change their minds. Uh, but let's create some expectations. And I'm going to paint a picture and offer it to you. I'm going to tell a story, paint a picture, set a vision, tell a story. All right, here's your story. Here's my story. Do you want? And so it's a co-creative process of expectations and vision for the, the athlete's future, the client's future. And, um, and in that process, it's, uh, they can start learning. And for me, when I'm taking people through the process, I'm teaching them to parent themselves little by little as we go through that. Uh, so yeah, agreement. Get an agreement. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, so if we, when you're, um, presenting a picture to your client, a story, mm -hmm. it's up to them to, to pick it and choose it and make it theirs is what, what, you're, what it sounds like. So you might, mm -hmm. you might offer up several stories until you actually hit the one that they could take off running with. Is that what happens? I think that I think newer coaches need to do that. Um, I'll, I'm at the point now where I can see. I, I, I can read body language. Uh, yeah. I can tell if – they start squirming. I'm like, okay, what's really going on here? I And I'm pretty good at like zeroing in on what's going to excite them and what they're shying away from. And I'm inching them there. Yeah. So there might be something that's really uncomfortable for them. And I go, they're not even ready to hear this yet. Yeah. And so um, I can, I can read what their heart really wants. And so um, and it's one of those things where, it's a process to unwind the mind, all those beliefs, unwind them to get there and then watch, watch that unfold for them. And so for me, I never paint a picture of the future that feels too big to them. I like to paint something that's a 10% stretch. It's like, Ooh, yeah. Like, oh, you feel something there. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. My, my chest just got a little tight. I'm like, okay, cool read into that yeah and so what I do is i give them just enough and where they can experience expansion without collapse that sounds really cool so yeah you're 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 guiding them into the resistance that they're feeling which yeah. is also helping them overcome their fears incrementally yeah, yeah. so yeah. a coach who's new like two three years the first two three years of a coach i i really am a big fan just Find out what your clients want and give it to them. You yeah, know, right. Uh, I want to lose 30 pounds in six months. Cool. It's a great plan to lose 30 pounds in six months. But as a coach gets more uh, advanced, uh, they get some training around language. They get some emotional, like learning how to work with people on psychological, emotional side, all these things. Um, and they, and, and repetition, just repetition as a coach, seeing how, oh, when people say this, they tend to mean that. And you start really getting a beat on what's really going on. Um, and I've been doing it for 
over 12 years at this point. So now it's people like if I work with somebody they go that that felt like magic. What what did you do? And and it's uh, in the beginning, it can be mechanical. It's like, OK, I'm going to ask you this question. And then, OK, you respond like that. So I do this. And at this point, over time, it's like, no, this is how I talk to people. Right. Yeah. Um, you're a guy who actually you talk about rituals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very important thing for you. Right. If I if I gather that correctly, um, yes. how, how, do you help with guiding people into developing rituals for themselves? Or do you okay. just sort of say, hey, that looks like a thing that you like. Just go for it. Um, I like. I like developing rituals with people. Yeah. I don't want, I want, I, I like to help them develop their own rituals. Okay. Um, and it's way better than saying, Hey, this is what I do. You should try it out. Yeah. You know, and, uh, finding out where someone's at and it, just the same, the same concept I was talking about before. I want it to be a 10% stretch. Yeah. It's like, okay, what do you do for a ritual? for how do you prepare for this or how do you get your mind right for that okay let's add a little more intention here and what if you added this one little little thing this little behavior in there with that or you know maybe you added this or that and they go oh ooh. it's like and i always check in how does it feel yeah they go oh oh that ooh, that felt really good okay cool and uh yeah i i, I don't believe that there's a ritual that everyone should be doing you know there's it's very individualized yeah and it usually is something kind of sacred right it it, it has a, a there's a relation of that ritual to something else in their life where they're yeah. drawing energy and strength from yeah 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 is that it some, means something yeah it really yeah. means something yeah right and this and and rituals can they also be can you have several rituals based upon what it is that you're going to be doing? Like, do you have a ritual before you use a mace? Do you have a ritual before you do business work or like do before you do a podcast or something like that? Is there different rituals or is it kind of like the same ritual? Oh no, different rituals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I, I even have uh, different morning rituals based on what I expect to do that day. Oh, so, Oh, I've got a lot of podcasting to do today. My morning ritual for a podcast day is gonna be different than a morning ritual for, you know, a day of writing content. Okay. Or, uh, you know, if I'm gonna have a bunch of uh, meetings about money, you know, finances and stuff. That's gonna be a different, you know, set of rituals. Okay. A different way of pre- preparing for the day. What What do you do before you talk about money all day? You You burn a hundred dollar bill and throw it in the is that your ritual? Dude, how'd you know? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, a, a day like that, uh, I'll actually do do something that's more stimulating. Okay. So, like more something a little more uh, oomph. Yeah. Get you, you know? into a, a like higher vibration. Yeah. Well, like I like I want to get into. I'm gonna be a little aggressive. Um, you know, something that causes me to be a little more aggressive. Yeah, uh, I I don't necessarily need to be more creative when it comes to money. Like my the challenge to myself when it comes to managing money is to be boring. Let's be boring. OK. Um, and I I really don't want a lot of creative energy on that day. I want a lot of get shit done energy. And part of the reason that is, is because 
uh, I have, uh, I don't love it. I, I don't love working with the numbers, Okay, uh, but it's something that as a business owner has to get done. So yeah. like, I need like that, that warrior energy that gets shit done energy. Yeah. And right. then, yeah. But if I'm writing content or podcasting, it's like, yeah, let's do some easy breath work. Let's open up body. Let's, let's have some of that creative juice going on. I don't want to, I want to be a good listener. Right. And, and also uh, be able to offer, like really get into a state of channeling versus needing to like get shit done yeah yeah uh on that note we only have a little bit of time left but let's talk about podcasting for a second i have a self-interest in this question um yes how long have you been podcasting for now since 2012 so a little over eight years now what do you notice about yourself that has changed since you first started podcasting to now wow uh everything uh <laughs> yeah podcasting has been one of the best personal development tools that i've used yeah. uh it's put me in the room with uh people who are the best in their field uh so i have been exposed to uh the best and there's nothing i mean you know the phrase uh you know the average of the five people you hang out with yeah. the most so whoever you're coming in contact with that is going to leave an impact on you. So there's that, um, really having to show up the practice of being present. Yeah. And when you put on a headset and you lock in with somebody, you're present. And sometimes, you know, a, a thought comes in of like, Oh, my bank account or, Oh, uh, my girlfriend and my wife, they're arguing and, or, uh, or I have to like, pee. I have to pee. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's like, Oh wait, I got to bring this back in. Like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to focus back in. So it's been a, a really good exercise for presencing. So I, it's, it's caused me to be more present. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, the practice of curiosity. So curiosity is my guide is one of my, uh, it's one of the ways I live my life is through curiosity and there's no better way to practice curiosity than ask somebody a bunch of questions yeah and uh you know in the beginning it was choppy it's like okay i gotta ask them these types of questions and then i'm gonna ask them these types of questions and these types of questions which i definitely follow that structure i I have a structure to how i but i've done it so much that it just flows and it's act it's caused me to be a good conversationalist yeah on or off the show. Yeah. Yeah. When you first started podcasting, did you do a lot of writing down of questions and, and you were like, I actually have some questions written down right here in front of me. I don't know if you can see Uh them on the camera, but this is, this is par for the course with me. I've done this probably 30 times now. And maybe I asked one question off the list because the flow of the conversation just lets, lets into it. So did you used to do that? Write down a lot of questions and I would, I would would use a structure called why, what, how Mm -hmm. I would ask them like the benefits of what it is that we're talking about, the what is the science and history and the how would be, you know, some type of action the listener could take after listening to the show that would make their life better. Yeah. And I would come up with two to three questions per category. So two to three why questions, two to three what questions, two to three how questions. And and uh, actually the first 42 shows, the first 41 shows of Barbell Shrugged, I didn't do that. 
and it was good. The shows were okay. And then I remember on episode 42, I put that strategy in and I started doing that. And I don't know. I don't remember if I stuck to all the questions. I definitely didn't ask them in the right order. And I definitely didn't get to all of them, but I don't, I don't really remember how hardcore it was, but I remember the feedback on episode 42 was best show you guys have ever done. And I go, huh? Uh. All right. Uh, the one thing we changed was that. And then we 43, 44. And after episode 44, it just became normal. Uh-huh. The shows were that good. Um, and then there's a big benefit to me there because I had two co-hosts. So everyone was on the same page. So I didn't have to carry the ball the whole time. Right. Uh, and so that gave us a lot of room to be creative, ask extra questions when it's solo. It's a, it's a harder lift, you know, it's yeah. more work. Yeah. 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 Really cool, man. That's, that's uh, some good information. I mean, I've um, seen myself go through a lot of the same things that you indicated earlier about doing a podcast um, being a better conversationalist. And, um, I also noticed I'm able to focus better on when somebody's talking. I don't know if I had ADD or something like that, but sometimes you're talking to somebody and you should be listening and really your head is all over the place. Maybe, yeah. you, you know, cause you're like worried about something, but I'm able to, especially, uh, in the fire department, we're in these hectic situations and I got to listen on a little radio and it sounds horrible and how I could focus and listen better. Um, it's, it's amazing. And, and I, you know, I think it's, it's a great experiment for anybody to go through just to do a podcast, even if nobody even listens, just do it, just do it regularly. The locked in one-on-one conversation is fantastic, especially this day and age where everybody's on their phones and you get like maybe 11 seconds to capture somebody's attention before you lose it again. So it's a, it's a good release too. It's a good, it's a good feeling. Well, that's Uh, one of the things we do in the strong coach program is we actually have structured conversations Yeah, that we have our coaches have with their clients, which is a lot of what I learned from podcasting. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. That is cool. So, um, yeah, we're going to wrap it up so you could tell everybody how to reach you and everything. But one last question. Um, I do have it written down here. It's about you not having a TV. Is that still true? Yeah, I don't even have a house right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's no yeah. way you can have a TV if you don't have a house. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll be in an Airbnb that has a TV. Yeah. And I'll binge. I'll, okay. I'll watch like five shows in a row. Yeah. So the last show I binged was uh, Messiah on Netflix. Okay. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Is that worth Is that worth binging? Yeah. Oh, right. for sure. For sure. All right. I'm going to take you up on that because I kind of do the same thing, too. It's either cartoons on for my daughter or the TV's off and I'm reading something. And every once in a while, I get into a binge process, just like you said. So I'm going to check yeah. that one out. That's yeah. great, Mike. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, so me. you... Uh, Obviously, people can find you on the Bledsoe Show on iTunes and and all those good. Are is it on YouTube too? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. no. I just okay. uh, no. I'm a big promoter of Spotify these days. iTunes is so clunky. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Spotify, and then uh, the Strong Coach Podcast is not always going to be you on there. There's uh, you have a host for that. Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh. Actually, uh, she did for a while, but I'm the main host on that now. Oh, you uh, are? Occasionally, okay. there may be someone else hosting it, but yeah, I'm the main host on the Strong Coach podcast. Okay. Uh, some of those are videos. Some of them are not. 
Um, and so we also have a YouTube channel. So that's right. I answer specific questions. So the strong coach, uh, YouTube channel, um, yeah, and if people want more information, the strongcoach.com, we have a, a free PDF, downloadable PDF that is uh, a foundations guide. Every coach should follow these foundations. Uh, and if you, if you go get that PDF, you'll be able to start putting – there's free exercises in there that are going to help you improve your coaching business uh, in the first week. Oh, nice. That's nice. Yeah. So, I mean, if anybody, you know, is – maybe a little gun shy pulling the trigger and and working with you that that's something that they could use first try it out and yeah. even if it works marginally for them that's a that's a sign that it's you know win. yeah yeah that's good yeah. and then maybe they I mean, will... you got podcast is free youtube is free yeah uh, there's a pdf download that's free and then we send out it if you uh go get on the email list we send out three emails a week that are all good advice i get emails back from people constantly that are like oh thank you for sending this email this changed everything so there's just yeah the the majority of the stuff that we put out i'd say 50 percent of what i create is free the other 50 percent uh you know someone's gonna have to be paid for yeah and so there's a difference between information i i have no problem giving away all the information away for free because what people really need is coaching yeah and so yeah there's tons that you can find any of the information I'm putting out online. Now sort through it, see how it applies to your life in this moment. That's a different story. Yeah. It's the same as someone's like, Oh, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and just work out. It's like, yeah. Or you could hire a coach. Right. So for the coaches out there, if you want to bring yourself into integrity and you're wondering why you're not getting the clients you want, maybe you don't have a coach yourself. Yeah. Right. I think everybody needs a coach. I mean, I, 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 it's always good just to at least have an outside perspective. Um, from somebody who's been around you, you yourself, you've uh, have so much experience at this point working with, with people. I'm sure anybody would benefit even an inkling with um, working it within your system. So it sounds really good, man. I, I think that's, that's great. I, I wish you more luck and prosperity on continuing strong coach into the future and seeing what this journey and that's what it is, right? It's a journey for you and everybody else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where it's going to lead to and, and how it's going to be. You know, maybe one day it's going to be in every university around the world. <laughs> People getting college credits. Maybe. Right? Who knows? Professor Bledsoe. Uh, I'm actually really focused on military veterans right now. Oh, really? Okay. So, oh, yeah, you said yeah. you, you were military. What, what branch were you? Yeah. Navy. Okay. And how yeah. long were you in the Navy for? four and a half years nice yeah. okay so is that why you're doing that because you have a connection to that you know what um i'm i'm doing it because you know military veterans hold a special place in everybody's heart yeah. and uh if anyone could use the support it's them um Definitely. they're in a uniquely difficult position um in my opinion uh, and people look up to them. And if I can take people who are coming from a, a more difficult background and we can transform them into somebody who is experiencing a lot of success, happiness, fulfillment, then they will become leaders and people will listen to veterans. Yes. Definitely. And so for me, it's about global impact. And I see that you know, we have 250,000 new veterans are created every year. 
250,000 new people get out of the military in the United States per year. Mm -hmm. And suicide rate is around what 21 22 suicides a day yeah. uh, from uh veterans and there's there's a, a real problem yeah and we can solve this problem it's not it's not a problem that's too big i i know exactly how we can you know I, i'm not saying we can get down to zero but i i have tools i also have a network we have we have what we need to accomplish this to help veterans transition out of the military more easily to deal with PTSD, to uh, get people back to work, um, doing something that they they're passionate about and uh, what is currently being offered by the military when someone gets out is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, right. They spend uh, eight to 12 weeks indoctrinating you, making you believe that you're doing the best thing you could be doing with your life right now. The, the next the the rest of your career is spent uh brainwashing you to believe the same thing and then they train you for a week or two on how to be a civilian yeah and who's training you to be a civilian the government <laughs> right. the worst people to teach you to be a civilian yeah and so uh i see a huge opportunity for us to uh help veterans transition more smoothly um and then also uh not just for them but the, for their families yes because the families uh, need just as much support as the veterans do. So uh, I'm putting a lot of attention on that right now. Uh, and who knows how that'll turn out. But before I get into a university, I would be much happier uh, being able to, in some way, greet every person getting out of the military with uh, an opportunity to uh, live a, a full life. Yeah, great. I love that. And you, they would be going through a strong coach program helping it them would be, it would be a different program yeah but it would have a lot of the same principles okay yeah, cool. a lot of the same tools that we're using in a strong coach um and then i also have another program called training camp for the soul yeah uh and uh and another program called Enlifted. so one's language one's emotion one's business i would i would every program should be uh formatted specific to the the person the client and the result but we have all the tools we need to take a client from wherever they are to the result that they want. Okay. And so great. we'll create something that's specific to veterans. Th that last program you mentioned was Enlifted, you said? Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I haven't heard of that. I heard Training Camp of the Soul. Is Enlifted in a newer one? or? Um, it, it's a project that we put together uh, about a year and a half ago. Okay. And um, it is, it's basically a, a really advanced mindset course for athletes. And the trouble is, is uh, getting athletes to uh, believe they need it is yeah. difficult because yes. most athletes think they're fine. So uh, I, I shy away from promoting it too heavily just because it's wasted space to do so. And what we found is we, we now certify coaches in Enlifted. And uh, again, most coaches are more drawn into build a six-figure coaching business because their biggest pain point is I am working a corporate gig and I'm doing coaching on the side and I want to be full time or I'm suffering because I'm not making enough money. So we solve the money problem first and then we teach them the uh, advanced mindset. So the Enlifted program for coaches, we actually have a certification. So a lot of times people go through the 90 day program for the strong coach, uh, which is uh, which gets their business in order. Right. And then after they get their business in order, 
uh, the enlifted certification is another 90 days where they can really sharpen the tool of using language um, and mindset training for their clients. So that mindset training is geared toward athletes who are difficult to get them to essentially say like, yeah, I could use the coaching because they think they're, they're fine. That's the, the general gist of it. It's for everybody. Okay. Cause um, I was just going to so say what we do is uh, we, we, it's basically the program uh, teaches you how to reprogram uh, the, uh, we, we talked about beliefs before. Right. So reprogram how the perspective of someone, uh, the relationship to their body, their relationship to food, their relationship to training, their relationship to rest and rejuvenation. So every single person who would benefit tremendously from it. Okay. Yeah. It impacts every area of their life. It's a, it's a very advanced personal development course right. that we packaged as a, um, athlete mindset course. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now I, uh, I'm just thinking of, uh, a lot of my audience being, uh, first responders, firefighters and things. And, oh, wow. You, you, you get that because they're doing the job well, they're kicking yeah. ass. Fires are going out. They're cutting holes in roofs. They're grabbing people, dragging them out. But they're still eating the donuts and, and yeah. they're overweight. And you could see they're just like, you know, maybe getting closer and closer every time the a health crisis. But yeah. they you can't convince them uh, that it's it's like that. They, they see themselves. Hey, look, I'm doing the job. Tell me yeah. I'm doing something wrong. It's kind of hard. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I asked. That's that's uh, that but, course would be huge for them. Yeah. And here's the thing is like we could take these concepts and create a course that would hit, you know, first responders, military, mm -hmm. athletes, all this kind of stuff. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of, it, it sucks in one sense because I want to do all of it. Yeah. And, right. But, you know, um, there's a good general course called Procabulary. So procabulary.org. Um, and that's, that's just like a foundational mindset type course. that's good for everybody. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Everybody should check that out. I'm, I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Procabulary.org. You'll save a hundred bucks if you use uh, my last name as the code. So Bledsoe will knock a hundred bucks off of that course. It's a 21 day course. It's solid. And that's Procabulary.org you said? That's right. Okay, cool. All right, great. Any, anything else uh, that we missed? Your .com and, and uh, all your programs, your podcasts? Yeah, the strongcoach.com. You should be able to find everything. All right. You know, my, my main focus is the coaches. Yeah. Because they'll reach the athletes and they'll, re you know, right. all that. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, are you going to be swinging a mace today? Uh, I don't have a mace. Oh, that's what? a lie. Uh, that's a lie. I have a mace. I, You know what? I am going to swing a mace today. Good. Um, for a second, I thought, oh, I, I, I'm traveling. I don't have one with me. But at True Coach is um, – they have Mace in the gym. I just, I, I remember I, after you asked, I was like, oh yeah, the flash memory. Yeah. They, uh, they have all the on it Mace's in there. So oh, there Sam, you go. Sam, who used to be at on it is now here at true coach. So I imagine that's why they're here. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Uh, yeah. 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 Cool. All right. So yeah. So get to that today. I will. I'm yeah. gonna swing. I'll, I'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Otherwise it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, I appreciate your time and uh, sharing everything that you did. Um, very, very insightful, very revealing on uh, what 
type of uh, system you have and, and who you are. And uh, I wish you the best with it. I think you're uh, definitely on uh, a great journey here and it's going to be fun watching you and uh, feel free to hit me up and come back on a podcast anytime you want to. Dope. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah, man. Man. If you're ever, if we're ever in the same place at the same time, let's get a session in. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah. 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 Wherever yeah, that's going to be. If you're coming to New Jersey, hit me up. I'm here. <laughs> I'll let you know. Right. I'll let you know. All right, man. All right, man. Take care. Later. See you.